story five of the crimson gardenia and other tales of adventure by rex beach this librivox recording is in the public domain story five man proposes the story of a man who wanted to die part one there were seventeen policies in all and they aggregated an even million dollars it thrilled butler murray to note his own name neatly typed upon the outside of each those papers possessed a remarkable fascination for him not only because they meant the settlement of his debt to muriel but because his life instead of being the wholly useless thing he had come to regard it was really by virtue of these documents a valuable asset upon which he could realize at once one million dollars was a great deal of money even to butler murray and yet it was so easy why it was even easier to make that amount than it had been to spend it although the former process might not prove so amusing it at least offered a degree of interest wholly lacking in the latter when devoe entered murray greeted him warmly i'm glad i caught you henry they told me you've been out west somewhere yes i'm promoting you know mines devoe flung off his fur coat and settled into an easy chair getting along all right no my friends either know too little about mines or too much about me i've a good proposition though and if i could ever get started i'd clean up a million well it's not so hard to make a million dollars how the deuce do you know you've never had to try by the way why are you living here at the club where is mrs murray she is at the farm with the children we have uh, separated no jove i'm sorry what does it mean the road to reno i hardly think she will divorce me on account of the publicity although she ought to woman scrape i suppose oh nothing like that i've spent all her money devoe opened his eyes in amazement oh see here now you couldn't spend it all why she had even more than you it's all gone hers and mine good lord yes i was always extravagant but i've been speculating lately i thought i'd get a sensation either way the market went but i was disappointed i dare say i have exhausted my capabilities for excitement it's a long story and i won't bore you with it but to be exact all i have left is the town-house and the farm and the place in virginia there isn't enough income however to keep any one of them going well well you have been stepping along why it's inconceivable devoe stirred uneasily in his chair the calm indifference of this broad-shouldered immaculate fellow amazed him he could not tell whether it was genuine or assumed and in either event he was sorry he had come for he did not like to hear tales of misfortune butler murray the millionaire was a good man to know but i sent for you because i need see here butler the younger man broke in abruptly you know i can't lend i'm borrowing myself in fact i was going to make a touch on you oh i don't want your money i want your help i think perhaps i'm entitled to it eh henry flushed a trifle you're welcome to that at all times of course and if i had a bank roll i'd split it with you but i just can't seem to get started suppose you had twenty-five thousand dollars cash would that help help good heavens i could swing this deal it would put me on my feet 
i'm ready to pay you that amount for a few weeks of your time take a year of it two years take my life's blood twenty-five thousand you needn't tell me any more just name the job and i'll take my chances of being caught but oh i say you just told me you were broke i received about fifty thousand dollars from the sale of the yacht and i invested the money i want you to help me realize on that investment murray tossed the packet of papers he had been examining into devoe's lap after scrutinizing them an instant the latter looked up with a crooked startled stare are you joking why these are your insurance policies exactly there are seventeen of them and they foot up one million dollars the limit in every company they began to expire in march and i don't intend to renew them in fact i couldn't if i wanted to the two men regarded each other silently for a moment and then the younger paled are you crazy he gasped the doctors don't think so and that is the heaviest life insurance carried by any man in america with a few exceptions do you think they would have passed me if i'd been wrong up here he tapped his forehead i intend that you shall receive twenty five thousand dollars of that money the rest will go to muriel devoe continued to stare alternately at the policies and his friend then cleared his throat nervously let's talk plainly by all means you will need to know the truth but you are the only one outside of myself who will for some time i have felt the certainty that i am going to die nonsense you are an ox the more i've thought about it the more certain i've become until now there isn't the slightest doubt in my mind i took my last dollar and bought that insurance do you understand i'm considered rich therefore they allowed me to take out a million dollars Sir god almighty man devoe's sagging jaw snapped shut with a click let me finish then you can decide whether i'm sane or crazy and whether you want that twenty five thousand dollars enough to help me to begin with i'll grant you that i'm young only forty healthy and strong but i'm broke henry i don't believe you realize what that means to a chap who has had two fortunes handed to him and has squandered both i'm really twice forty years of age perhaps three times for i have lived faster than most men i have been everywhere i have seen everything i have done everything except manual labor and of course i don't know how to do that i have had every sensation i'm sated and old and sometimes i'm a bit tired i have no enthusiasm left and i'm bankrupt to make matters worse i have a wife who knows the truth and two lovely children who do not those kids believe i'm a hero and the greatest man in all the universe in their eyes i'm a sort of demigod but in a few years they'll learn that i have been a waster and thrown away not only my own fortune but the million that belonged to them that will be tough for all of us muriel knows how deeply i've wronged her but she is too much a thoroughbred to make it public nevertheless she detests me and i detest myself she may decide to divorce me at any rate i have wrecked whatever home life i used to have for i'll never be able to support her even if i sell the three places i'll be known as a failure i'll be ridiculed by the world on the other hand if i should die before next march she would be rich again 
murray's eyes rested upon the package of policies perhaps time would soften her memory of me the youngsters would have what they're entitled to and they would always think of me as a grand old handsome parent who was taken off in his prime he smiled whimsically at this that is worth something to a fellow isn't it i don't want them to be disillusioned henry i don't want to endure their pity and toleration i don't want to be in their way and hear them say hush here comes poor old father do you understand oh, to a certain extent then you really intend to kill yourself devoe glanced about the cosy room as if to assure himself that he was not dreaming decidedly not that insurance wouldn't be payable if it was suicide i intend to die from natural causes before the first of march what do you want me to do very little keep me company answer questions about my illness perhaps attend to a few things after i'm gone you might even have to prove that i didn't take my own life do you agree whew that's a cold-blooded proposition are you really in earnest it took nearly my last dollar to buy that insurance i will execute a promissory note to you for twenty-five thousand dollars payable one year from date borrowed money understand the executors will see that it is paid is that satisfactory but you say you can't kill yourself and yet good lord how calmly we're discussing this thing what makes you think you'll die of natural causes within the next three months well i shall see that i do oh i've thought it all out i've studied poisons but there is the danger of discovery when one uses them they'll do to fall back upon if necessary but there is a better way which is quite as certain reasonably quick and utterly above suspicion what is it questioned devoe interestedly pneumonia i had a touch of it once and i know they nearly lost me it takes us big robust fellows off with particular ease and expedition you and i will take a hunting trip it is winter i will suffer some unexpected exposure you'll do what you can to save me but medical attention will come too late it won't take two weeks altogether if you're looking for pneumonia i know the place when i left ten days ago men were dying like flies you won't need to go hunting it it will come hunting you out west somewhere uh, the nevada desert that's where i'm mining uh, deserts are usually hot devoe shivered not this one at this season it's a hell of a country butler five thousand feet elevation biting winds blizzards and all that you just can't keep warm but the danger is in the poganip the what the poganip what they call the breath of death out there it's a sort of frozen fog peculiar to that locality then you accept my offer again devoe hesitated are you really going to do it well then uh, yes if i don't take your money i suppose you'll employ somebody else good we'll leave tomorrow. can you get your affairs in shape by then i don't want them in shape don't you understand oh, i see after a moment the younger man continued it's all very well for us to plan this way but i'm not sure we'll succeed in our enterprise why not pray well i dare say i'm a good deal of a rotter i must be to go into a thing like this but i have a superstitious streak in me possibly it's reverence 
at any rate i believe there is a power outside of ourselves which appoints the hour of our coming and the hour of our going i'm not so sure you can pull this off until that power says so murray laughed nonsense what is to prevent my shooting myself at this moment if i want to nothing if you want to but you don't want to why don't you want to because that power hasn't named this as your time i don't make myself very clear i think i see what you're driving at but you're wrong we are masters of our own destinies we make our lives as full or as empty as we choose i have emptied mine of all it contained and i don't consider that i am doing any one an injury in disposing of what belongs alone to me now we'll complete the details the speaker drew a blank note from his desk and filled it in it was with a very natural feeling of interest that butler murray watched the desert unfold before his car window a few days later as his train made its way southward from the main line and into the badlands of the nevada goldfields there was snow everywhere not enough for warmth but enough to chill the landscape with a gray forbidding aspect it lay loose-piled and shifting behind naked rocks or streamed over the knife-edge ridges swirling and settling in the gullies like filmy winding sheets all the world up here was barren burned out and cold like his own life it was a fitting place in which to end an existence which had proven such a mockery and failure goldfield was a conglomerate city in the hectic stage of its growth rough uncouth primitive it lay cradled in the lap of inhospitable hills upon the denuded slopes of which derricks towered like gallows the whole naked country spoke of death and desolation a bitter wind laden with driving particles of sleet met the travellers as they stepped off the train devoe's headquarters consisted of a typical mining camp shack in the heart of the town containing a bare little office and two sleeping-rooms the hindermost of which gave egress to a yard banked in snow and flanked by other frame buildings murray selected the coldest apartment and unpacked his belongings the most precious of which was a folding morocco case containing three photographs one of muriel and one each of the boy and the girl then followed a week of careful preparation together the two men made frequent excursions to various mining properties murray mingled with the heterogeneous crowd of brokers promoters gamblers and mine owners he took options on claims and made elaborate plans to develop them he was interviewed by reporters from the local papers articles were printed telling of his proposed activities when he had laid a secure foundation he announced to devoe that the time had come it appeared that the latter had by no means exaggerated the dangers of this climate for men were really dying in such numbers as to create almost a panic the hospitals were overcrowded and murray had been repeatedly warned to take the strictest care of himself if he wished to preserve his health the altitude combined with the cold and wet and the lack of accommodation was to blame it seemed and accounted for the high mortality rate doctors assured him that once a man was stricken with pneumonia in this climate there was little chance of saving him that evening he let the fire die out of the stove in his room 
then went next door to a little turkish bath establishment and proceeded to sweat for an hour instead of drying himself off he flung a greatcoat over his streaming shoulders slipped into boots and trousers then stepped across the snow-packed yard to his own quarters where he found devoe bundled up to the chin and waiting his brief passage across the open snow had chilled him for the wind was cruel but he blew out the light in his chamber flung off his overcoat then standing in the open door drank the frost-burdened air into his overheated lungs god you're half naked chattered the onlooker you'll freeze the moisture upon murray's body dried slowly he began to shake in every muscle but he continued his long deep breaths breaths that congealed his lungs he became cramped and stiff he suffered terribly he felt constricting bands about his chest darting numbing pains ran through him he could not tell how long he continued thus but eventually the sheer agony of it drove him back he closed the door and crept into bed the clammy cotton sheets of which were warm against his flesh through rattling teeth he bade good-night to his friend saying d -d 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 don't mind anything i do or say during the night devoe lost no time in seeking his own warm room where murray heard him stamping and threshing his arms to revive his circulation there could be but one outcome to such a suicidal action the frozen man reflected stronger fellows than he were dying daily from half such exposure why already he could feel his lungs congesting although the agony was almost unendurable he forced himself to lie still then traced the course of his blood as it gradually crept up through his veins eventually he fell asleep tortured but satisfied henry found him slumbering peacefully late the next morning and when he arose he felt better and stronger than he had for years jove i'm hungry he said as he dressed himself well, i expected to find you mighty sick his friend exclaimed wonderingly i slept cold all night it seems i didn't catch it that time i must be stronger than i thought he ate a hearty breakfast and although he tramped the hills all day in the snow and cold watching himself carefully for signs of approaching illness he was disappointed to discover none whatever at bedtime he repeated his performance of the night before but with the same result when he awoke on the second morning however he found the desert town wrapped in the dark folds of a fog that chilled his marrow and clung to his clothing in little beads it was a strange phenomenon for the air was bitterly cold and yet saturated with moisture mountain and valley were hidden in an impalpable dust that was neither fog nor snow but a freezing uncomfortable combination of both devoe hugged the fire all day saying to his guest you'll have to do the trick alone butler it's too deucedly unpleasant sitting there in the cold every night i'll get sick it's not very agreeable for me either and the least you can do is to keep me company that's the agreement you know after some argument devoe acceded saying oh if you want me to hold your hand while you freeze i suppose i'll have to do it although i can't see the use of it that night when murray had regained his cheerless room after taking his turkish bath he drank a goblet of raw whisky then flung wide the door and standing upon the sill 
half nude and gleaming with perspiration inhaled the deadly pogonap when the fiery liquor had driven the last drop of his hot blood to the surface he seized a bottle of alcohol and upending it drenched his body if he had suffered previously he now endured supreme agony as the alcohol evaporated upon his naked skin it fairly froze the blood he had forced up from his heart's cavities he groaned with the pain of it again he felt as if his body were coating with ice his lungs contracted with that agonizing grip this is too cold for me devoe chattered finally i'm going to beat it as butler murray cowered and shook in his bed an hour later he decided that his third and final effort had succeeded for not only did he plainly feel the effects of that terrible ordeal but by every law of nature and hygiene he was doomed he had drunk the whisky to increase the peripheral circulation of his body to the highest point then by the use of the alcohol had reduced his temperature to a frightful extent and driven his blood back frozen and sluggish that was inevitably suicidal as the least knowledge of medicine would show it could not be otherwise he was very glad too for this suffering was more than he had bargained for he awoke in the morning feeling none the worse for his action he did not even have a cold devoe's amazement at this miracle was mingled with annoyance which he showed by complaining see here butler are you kidding you might at least have a little consideration for my feelings this suspense is awful my dear fellow i'm doing all i can murray filled his chest then pressed it gingerly with his palm there was not a trace of soreness his muscles lacked even a twinge of rheumatism that day he had another window cut in the wall of his room immediately over his bed and after exposing himself as usual upon retiring left it open and slept in the draught finding that this had no effect he undertook to sleep without covers but the bitter weather would not permit so he purchased drugs and after returning from his turkish bath swallowed a sleeping potion when he could no longer keep his eyes open he lay down nude and dripping where the frigid wind sucked over him some time somehow before morning he must have covered himself for he awoke between the sheets as usual with the exception of a thick feeling in his head however which quickly wore off he possessed no ill effects day after day night after night he exposed himself with a deliberate methodical recklessness that seemed fatal time after time his good constitution threw off the assault devoe declared querulously that his friend looked even better than when they had arrived and the scales showed he had put on five pounds of weight the affair assumed an ironical grisly sort of humour which amused murray but it was maddening to devoe one howling stormy afternoon the former bundled his accessory into warm clothes and took him for a long walk leaving the town behind them they ploughed up through the snow to the summit of a nearby mountain where the gale raged past in all its violence henry was cursing the cold and grumbling at his idiocy in coming along and when he had regained his breath growled understand butler this ends it for me i never agreed to kill myself hereafter you can make your alpine trips alone 
i've had a cold now for a week murray laughed good-naturedly remember if i fail i can't pay you for heaven's sake then get it over with i need that money and i have nerves the former speaker opened his coat and devoe saw that he had left the house with no protection whatever beneath it except trousers and footwear his body was wet from the climb but he exposed it openly to the storm until he was blue with cold while the younger man stamped about threshing his arms and lamenting his own discomfort that night murray repeated his turkish bath swallowed his usual narcotic and lay down upon his draughty couch to be awakened some time after midnight by a cry of fire he noted dully that a vivid glare was flickering through his open windows and saw that the roofs adjoining were silhouetted against a redly glowing sky he heard a great clamor of shouting voices gunshots bells running feet so arose and dressed himself instead of donning his regular clothing however he drew on a pair of trousers thrust his bare feet into rubber boots then buttoned a rubber coat over his naked shoulders when he undertook to rouse devoe henry refused to get up murmuring sourly beneath his blankets it's too cold and i've just fallen asleep been tossing around for hours very well if it should spread in this direction i'll come back and help get the things out the blizzard of the previous day had increased in violence and as murray stepped out into it the cold sank through his thin garb and cut him to the bone his raincoat was almost no protection the rubber boots upon his bare feet froze quickly but he smiled with a grim distorted sense of satisfaction as he decided that here perhaps was his long-awaited opportunity a winter fire in a desert mining camp is a serious calamity water is scarce at all times and at this particular season goldfield was even drier than usual volunteers had already joined the insufficient fire department but the blaze was gaining headway in spite of all the wind played devilish pranks serving not only to fan the conflagration but to deaden human hands and reduce human bodies to helpless clumsy things butler murray plunged into the fight with an abandon that won admiration even in this chaos he had no fear he courted danger he led where others shrank from following in and out of the flames he went now blistered by the heat now numbed by the wintry gale his body became drenched with sweat only to be caked in ice from the spray a moment later icicles clung to his brows his boots filled with water it was he who laid the dynamite it was he who set it off and raised the buildings in the path of the conflagration checking the swift march of destruction although he labored like a giant taking insane risks at every opportunity his life seemed charmed and dawn found him uninjured although staggering from weakness women brought him hot coffee and sandwiches then when the fire was under control he returned to his quarters half naked as he had set out it had been one long battle against the blind god luck and he had emerged unscathed and yet he had not lost for no human body could withstand a strain like this his previous exposures had been as nothing compared with what he had undergone these many hours if this did not bring pneumonia nothing could 
as he lurched up the frozen street men cheered him and something warm awoke in his heart but when he stumbled into devoe's room he found that young man still in bed his cheeks flushed and feverish henry was coughing and groaning he complained of pains in his head and chest an hour later a doctor pronounced it pneumonia and when the patient grew rapidly worse he was moved to the wretched excuse for a hospital murray snatched a few hours sleep that night as he sat by his friend's bedside and the next day found him as fit as ever but in spite of every attention devoe's fever mounted his lungs began to fill and on the second night he died the suddenness of this tragedy stunned butler murray and its mockery enraged him he had promised devoe toward the last to take his body east and now decided it was just as well to do so for he had proven to his own satisfaction at least that he could not catch pneumonia no matter how hard he tried a few hours later therefore he was on the overland train bound for new york he had wasted a month of valuable time but as to relinquishing his purpose the idea never occurred to him end of story five part one